Well, it has finally come. The moment we were dreading, but also looking forward to. The final of University Challenge. Indeed, the Nerd Super Bowl. The Nerd Super Bowl. And actually, it's not that far off. I mean, it's slightly different from how the NFL does get <laughs> the teams for the Super Bowl. Yeah, but there's a trophy, there's an audience. Yeah, there is no... It's a special guest. Yeah, there is no um, unironic patriotism by singing a national anthem. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, and no halftime show, but... Thankfully. Uh, I don't know, I mean, it'd be kind yeah, of fun to maybe show. see, I don't know, Paxman do a puppet show behind his... Uh... <laughs> Are you touching about that image? You know what? I fully support the idea of a halftime show for University Challenge, yes. So kind of like uh, what Jimmy Carr does during the... Um, <laughs> The 30-second uh, thing on the <laughs> 8 out of 10 cats does countdown. Okay. Only with, you know, slightly more, you know, pre-watershed humour. Or maybe the, the two final teams can put up a kind of performance, spoken word poetry. Oh, yes. I would yeah. love to hear Braid uh, give a long <laughs> soliloquy. <laughs> well, something for the BBC to consider. Indeed, if you ever start having to do uh, commercial breaks because of uh, <laughs> demonization, but whatever. So, hey, um, it has finally happened. 39 episodes has been leading to this yeah well 39 episodes of our stuff it's been slightly less for actually yeah and i think uh, you know we definitely had the two best teams compete in the final two so. very well deserved teams and i think the winner they've been consistent this whole time not a single loss uh, yep. very decisive victories the whole time and um yeah i think it, it went to the better team Absolutely. And it would have been nice because Modlin did work very hard and they have really, you know, given it their all. Yeah. I think it would have been a little bit more of a shame to see Warwick stumble at the very last moment because mm. they did meet beat Modlin before during the quarterfinals. Yeah. And they have just been so dominant the entire run. Completely. I mean, they're just like the Imperial team from last year. Yeah. Just not a single moment did you think that this is not going to go their way. Yeah, and then you kind of pick them up from the very beginning. Mm. Um, you know, you know that, okay, this is a team to watch. Yeah, I mean, their only big weakness was a slight lack of knowledge on cultural stuff. Mm. <laughs> and, culture. And hey... Props to Ralph for recognizing that they don't seem to know anything popular. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to be very uh, fully aware of and acknowledge your weaknesses. So, yeah. so uh, before we dive into dissecting everything from uh, the episode, we'll just say Warwick, very well done. Absolutely deserved. Maudlin, I'm glad that you gave it your all and yeah. you did stage a couple of comebacks. There mm-hmm. was at one point where it looked like you almost had it and yeah. then... You know, stuff happens. Yeah, so I would say congratulations to both teams, but a special congratulations to Warwick for obviously having done a super job. Yeah, and it was a very engaging final. Which yeah, I really people. enjoyed myself. Yeah, it's unlike, for example, some uh, World Cups which ended in a really boring match. This was truly, yeah. not I wouldn't say nail-biter, but it definitely was engaging and kind of there were almost some upsets at some point. Yeah, and I would say in particular, Braid and Burrell were very strong this time. Well, Braid, I think, has always been one of the strongest Braid's been always fairly players. consistent, but I think we saw, yeah, we saw Burrell come out quite a bit because, yeah. you know, he got a fair few, he buzzed in a fair few times. Yeah. Um, very strong on his literature, philosophy, history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Rout also, I kind of noticed that he nominated a bit more. I think maybe he's been doing that the last few rounds, especially, which is, yeah. which is really good, you know. Or maybe he feels bad for forgetting his name the last time he played. So <laughs> yeah, he's uh, trying to make sure that he gets a name this time around. Yeah, but then, you know, then again, it just goes to show how... 
uh, well balanced this team is that, yeah. that he can just nominate and pass it to any one of them and they'd be able to give a right answer absolutely there's definitely no sense that no one was pulling their weight on that team just yeah. really really well done yeah and then the, on, on the other side I think um, special mention to Byrne and Davies mm-hmm. I think they were in particular very very good on the geography questions for sure I was particularly impressed with their knowledge of so the there's one picture around of the map of Africa or um, a grid square over the yeah. the map of Africa and then that requires very precise knowledge I think that they were able to uh, that's probably the best version of that picture round I've seen because it's not just oh what is that place put on a map you have yeah. to kind of know roughly where something is and then know how to interpret uh, Cartesian grid square exactly and then you also have to have some historical knowledge right yeah. because it's a part of Africa that used to be part something of the else, old yeah. empire or something like that mm-hmm. and then of course um there's a question on Chinese provinces, mm. which is also very, very deep, precise knowledge of uh, Chinese geography. So yeah. excellent job by uh, yeah Davis and Byrne. Yeah, no, uh, Davis and Byrne have been the ones like with Burrell on uh, the Warwick side. They've been the two that have really, I feel like, grown and developed mm. into something truly incredible on the Moreland team. Yeah, 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 I agree. I mean, Lawson. He's always been pretty good in his uh, position. Mm. The only, and I'm not saying this as a criticism, but it's just it's a bit of a shame we didn't hear much from Payne yeah. this time around because mm. I feel like she was a bit more um, involved in the earlier rounds. Yeah, I remember. So I feel like maybe it's just this time around it didn't kind of fall into her domain knowledge anymore, mm. which is a real shame because, you know... It's been a little bit since we last had uh, a woman take part in the final university yeah. challenge. And well, so, yeah, she's always yeah. been a bit understated, I True. think. So it's, a, it's sometimes a bit hard to tell um, what she's contributing well, um, or not. So Since we've got mic'd up uh, teams yeah. now, we've heard her take part in the bonus rounds in previous yeah. um, rounds. So mm. I don't know. It, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes yeah. you just get a whole lot of questions which you have no basis for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it happens, it happens. Yeah. Well, speaking of questions... That's true. I'm happy to say that I got a fair few correct. That's true. So, so uh, mm-hmm. like we said, there just happened to be a lot of questions which kind of fell into certain domains where you did know. Yeah. So, like the the starter question on hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that from John Paul Sartre's um, "Hell is Other People." Yeah. You know, because I really strongly identify with that. <laughs> yeah, and actually that was interesting because Lawson got that wrong. Yeah. And I feel like that was more of a brain fart moment because. Uh his answer was love no. where it's very clearly that wouldn't have been the answer because it was all kind of negative connotations yeah. for something and yeah even uh, Sarge especially was an existentialist so yeah. you know it wouldn't he wouldn't have many positive cheery things to say yeah I think it's just one of those moments where you have the right answer you buzz and then your mind just goes Unk, yeah. and then something else comes out your mouth yeah because he seemed kind of surprised by his own answer <laughs> yeah there I remember that um, yeah and then I also got the one on uh, Spivak and postcolonial theory mm, yeah yeah, so that was pretty fun that I, you know, I was able to get those. Yeah, I mean, I unfortunately do not know uh, the names of uh, these offers very well. <laughs> but um, I did, yeah, I was able to get the first uh, buzz in round as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got quite a few of the vampire movie uh, ones, correct? Yeah, that one was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one which I liked, but I had a, struggled a bit to get the answers was the defeats of the Roman Republic. Okay. Because those are really fun because, mm. you know, it's also kind of uh, interesting to talk about the Romans beyond just, oh, they're the ones who conquered the entire Mediterranean, first major empire in Europe, blah, 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 blah. They also did lose quite a few times, especially when they were still a republic. Mm. And it was just fun to you know have King Pyrrhus pop up as an answer. Yeah. Otherwise, um, 
Yeah, another one where it's, again, something you don't really think about that much. It was a whole bonus round on Belize. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, which is the only English-speaking mm. country in um, Central America. Okay, I didn't know that. Because it was the only British holding in uh, mm-hmm. on the, the, the mainland peninsula part. Yeah. So again, it's it's a kind of knowledge that is, um, I think, really tests uh, participants. Mm. You know, just that depth of knowledge, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and that's one where Pollard definitely seemed to know uh, quite a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interestingly. Well, you know, it, it just happens. Sometimes you just have a great wealth of knowledge about something. Uh, yeah. Then, you know, there could be all kinds of reasons for it. Yeah, maybe it's just, you know, just just the fun of geography. Exactly. Uh, speaking of fun, um, I'm a little disappointed that for the last music round of uh, this season of University Challenge, it was another classical music round. Yeah. <laughs> but at the very least, it was kind of cool that they're based on epics. Yeah. And not just your usual epics. Uh, the first... The buzzing was based on a Finnish epic, which mm. you know, that's something which was really not talked about as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I feel like is a real benefit uh, when the latter stages of University Challenge, because it helps you kind of learn about new, very yeah. obscure stuff, mm. which you wouldn't normally come across in yeah. your day to day understanding of popular culture or just, you know, the way we teach history. Mm-hmm. And if you are a curious individual like myself, it'd make you go, oh, I want to know a bit more about that. Now I kind of want to, you know, <laughs> dig into some uh, Finnish mythology and uh, epics. Yeah, because they, they produce some very good music. And it was not just Warwick that was lost in a reverie. I found myself lost in a reverie too, because it was pretty good, I thought. Some of the music was pretty good. I liked the one which was based on a more American epic mm. uh, by a guy, I can't remember the name uh, anymore. But then also Purcell's Dario and Aeneas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a reason why it's famous. It's yeah. pretty good music. Yeah, yeah. And it's another one of those interesting ones where it is quite a famous epic among certain circles. But if you ask, you know, your common person on the street, do you know yeah. the Aeneid? Well, do you know the Iliad? I guess so. Yeah, that's the one yeah, we've Troy, right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, there was a real fun uh, starter question, which was um, when you take the first four oh, uh, digits of the square root of two, yes. who was the king, king on the British throne at that time? At that, time? that year, yes. That was a really interesting, um, interesting question. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Burton almost had it. So, was, is it 1414? No, because it's one. Point four one five, I think. Okay, so yeah, close enough. And that was Henry the fifth. Fifth. Unfortunately, Burn just got his father, who was Henry the fourth. Yeah, and speaking of close calls, there was also a question on um, Campbell Bannerman and Bannerman Campbell. Yeah. Oh God, I felt so bad for Davies. Yeah, because he just he got the right he got the exact right name, just you know, in the wrong order. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like it was a little cruel of the <laughs> um, editors. To cut to the camera of him holding his head in frustration that he yeah. got it wrong. And I wonder if Paxman couldn't have just given him that answer because clearly, clearly to have to have, to have the answer down to such specifics, it shows that you have the right answer. You just because and we've seen in the past before contestants mm. getting you know maybe very very close to the right answer and Paxman just kind of decided to give the give the points to them anyway. I mean, I feel like he's maybe a bit more. Uh, demanding more precision. Yeah, it's the final. When it's in the final, you can't make these kind of slip-ups anymore. Mm, that's fair. So, you know, fair enough. The only one where he kind of let it was in the second picture round, which was on Titian's... Um, paintings. Paintings of metamorphosis, new name, the mythological character, when he would have accepted either uh-huh. uh, Diana or Artemis, mm. because, you know... They had the same... Well, Artemis oh. is the Greek name and Diana is the uh, Roman name. Okay. Uh, it's exactly the same uh, goddess. It's just, yeah. you know, 
Cultures have different names for it. Mm, okay. You know, like, you know, Jupiter and Zeus are the same person. Yeah. Uh, Saturn and um, Poseidon are the same person. The same person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's a fun thing about the Romans. They just stole something everything that else's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it was also fun to see Isaiah Berlin and Tiggy Winkle being mentioned in the same sentence. So the fox and the hedgehog. Oh, yeah. From Beatrix Potter. <laughs> I, I really love the link that, that was drawn between those two things. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nice to... <laughs> and it's funny that Davies got the answer when Isaiah Berlin was mentioned rather than... So he got the philosophy part of it rather than the, you know, pop culture children's novel. Well, I mean, I think that uh, Beatrix Potter was... Well, it's more of a British thing, I guess. I think it is. So yeah. uh, I would be very surprised if that was the one that he got. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea who Tiggy Winkle is, but I do, I do know who Isaiah Berlin was. So, I mean, I have the entire collection of Beatrix Potter, I can yeah, tell well. you, because I've not read it in, ooh, 20-something <laughs> years. Yeah, it's just really funny when there's kind of these two components to a question and the contestants are able to identify the more difficult one. That's always very funny. Yeah, but it's it's uh, fun to have another reference to Beatrix Potter, because the last time, I think, was in the first round. Yeah, it's happened. With Scroll and Nutkin. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I don't think in terms of questions, I mean, a lot were really, really difficult. Yeah, I couldn't even understand many of them. These are probably purely the ones I, I was able to wrap my head around. Yeah, especially the mathematics questions and the science questions were yeah. really, really tough. Yeah. So props to anyone who was able to answer them. Mm-hmm. And So still excellent job by both of the teams. Yeah, and you know, when you look at the final score with uh, Modlin getting 140 and Warwick 195, that's very high scoring yeah, for a and, last round. Yeah, and closer than you would think as yeah. well. Considering um, uh, Modlin did drop a few points. I they think, dropped 15 points total. Yeah, so maybe they could have reached 160. So 160 to 190. Um, you know, not that uh, not that big a gap. Indeed. Well, since we mentioned the scores, I think it's now time to mosey on over to... Some UC stats. Exactly. The second most anticipated segment <laughs> of this podcast. We just like to build things up, don't we? Exactly. And it's not at all because I'm vamping to make sure you have enough time to pick up stats. <laughs> yes. So very, very high number of correct answers from both teams. 29 out of 42 correct answers from Warwick. Okay. 23 out of 37 from Maudlin. Okay. Um, starter questions, very close. 10 correct starters from Warwick. 8 correct starters from uh, Maudlin. Wow. Yeah. Bonus questions, also pretty close. Warwick got 19 out of 30. Maudlin got 15 out of 21. Okay. So, yeah, when it came to bonuses, actually Maudlin got a higher percentage of their bonuses correct with about 71% compared to Warwick's 63%. Yeah. Um, but obviously, where Warwick took the game was in their starter questions, getting 83% of their starters correct as compared to uh, Maudlin's 50%. Yeah, and I think this is where the dropped points really, really hurt them. Yeah. Because just past the halfway mark, there were there was 10 points between the two teams. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Morden had got that question about the square roots, um, King on the Throne one right, mm. they probably would have gotten those bonuses right as well, and they might yeah. have taken the lead. And that might have given them that boost of confidence. Yeah, because that's where they really lost momentum. Yeah. That was after that, then Davies also had his um, slip-up as well. So I feel yeah. like, you know, we've mentioned before, where you really do get on a roll when you get a lot of 
answers correct mm, in a row. Exactly. And then to suddenly just have uh, the rug pulled out from under, you can really, you know, kind of disrupt your thinking. Yeah. Um, actually, modeling had a total of nine interruptions, which mm-hmm. is a large amount. Three of those were incorrect, unfortunately, but six were correct. Yeah. Uh, compared to Warwick, only one interruption, which was correct, which made, which, which kind of really looks like modeling was, um, I think, trying a lot harder, whereas it seemed like for Warwick, they were just kind of <laughs> having a, a regular day, you know, just because they're such a good team that anyone that they face up against uh, needs to just put in that extra effort. <laughs> they're just very unflappable as a team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. This image of unflappable, steady, calm. Um, yeah. I mean, that's true. Modeling do tend to be fairly aggressive on the buzzer. Yeah. So I guess this was a strategy where they thought, okay, we do need to yeah. get in the buzzing early because Warwick... If we give them time to answer, there's just no way we're going to get any points at all. So we need to beat them to the punch, Mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, shout out to uh, Braid for getting the most number of starters. Five out of six. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Burrell, three out of three. But also Davis, three out of four. And Byrne, three out of five. Nice. Uh, Route and Lawson with two correct starters each. Nice. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's important to remember when we're talking about these stats that this is just, you know, getting the starters correct. Yeah. It doesn't really reflect how much work is put into the bonus rounds. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you might be thinking, oh, but, you know, did Pollard not really pull his way? No, he did. But that was more in the bonuses where he really did, you know, come in uh, to shine. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of a wrap up for the whole series type mm-hmm. of stats. Uh, Warwick and Maudlin are the top two highest average scoring teams. Nice. So, you know. Perfectly well-deserved that they made it to the final. Yeah, very well done. Very, very, very well done. Yeah, and then you have highest average points by individual. Um, Braid uh, coming in fifth overall. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, actually he's the only one who has cracked the top 10 from this series. That's interesting, yeah, because we had a lot of very high-scoring individuals from other teams. Yeah, so there's Webb, there's Korn... Uh, Sheng from University of Oxford, Musgrove from mm. Cambridge, uh, Parker from Exeter, um, yeah, O'Connor, obviously. So, Indeed. So, really, I think the best overall balanced strong team won. I think this is, yeah, this goes to show that it's not the strong individual and, you know, the three backup uh, singers that win. <laughs> it's where you have a strong core team. Yeah. And that was the point that I think um, online Brandon from uh, the team last year yeah. tried to make. Uh, yes, he seemed to dominate in the early rounds, but that was not really reflective of how strong the team was. Yeah, overall. Because when it came to the final, like, oh no, he was just, you know, um, having a chance to, to, to prove himself. <laughs> yeah, because when it came to the final, they all really came out to shine. Yeah, they did. I remember that. I guess we should also mention at the end, um, because at the end of every season, they try to get someone kind of famous in academic circles to present uh, yeah, the trophy. Yeah, And just time we had Simon Armitage. Yes. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. He was, Poet. you know, Fairly pleasant. Yeah, the Poet Laureates uh, yeah. currently. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a shame that it was just Rout who went to pick up the trophy <laughs> and there was no handshaking, but... Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it, it's fair enough, you know, because it's not safe in this current environment mm. to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, very, very well done once mm-hmm. again. And thank you very much. We have now finished the current yes. season oh, of wait, Fantasy Challenge. Tom, I think you're forgetting something. The most anticipated. That's true. How could I have possibly forgotten? I don't know. Wow, completely my mind. Well, thank you if you're uh, you've been sticking with us till now. Um, we have to present the best dressed. Of course, this is right. the most important okay. one, obviously. And my pick actually goes to Burrell. Me too. Yeah. 
because just a wonderful splash of color coming yeah. out of nowhere for yeah. the final episode. <laughs> I know, I know. So, we were dressing wow. to celebrate. Yeah, and it's just nice to see someone, you know, take a bit more of a chance because it is, <laughs> I think you have to have a certain level of confidence to wear a colorful pattern shirt on yeah. national television, especially yeah. since you've been fairly muted in yeah. your attire so far. Yeah, exactly. So it was very pleasant to see um, uh, caught our attention immediately. Oh, I for think sure. it was no contest this time. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a far cry from O'Connor's very, very uh, wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Burrell has a double reason to celebrate. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Oh, very well done, uh, Burrell. And I, of course, everyone dressed very nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Payne was something a bit different this time out. It was still a red... Um, Blouse, yeah. yeah. Still looked very nice. Yeah, and I'm glad that, you know, there were no hoodies on uh, the final this time around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone put in a little bit more effort. I should, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, very well done. Mm-hmm. So, to talk a little bit about what happens after this. So, we're going to be taking a bit of a break yeah. after this. Uh, there's still a couple more episodes coming out. We have an interview with the entire Durham team. Yeah, coming out so stay soon. tuned for that. Yes, and there might be a couple other, you know, little in-betweeners here and there. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to be back in full form until uh, season 51 comes. Which is uh, likely in July. July or August. Yeah. So um, thank you very much, all of you who've stuck with us. And thank you, yeah, just uh, for all your kind words, for recommending it to people. Yeah, for reaching out to us on social media and via email. Thank you so much. Yeah, especially great thanks to... Uh, Mr. Cohn for, you know, giving us a little bit of insight now and then and just being very kind to <laughs> and, you know, correcting us at certain points when yeah. we did things a little bit wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thank you to the Durham team for taking time out to give us the most chaotic interview I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, and I think thank you to also um, all the, the contestants who have reached out to us on Absolutely. social media, Instagram or Twitter or via email just to tell us that um, how much you enjoyed our podcast. Um, that really means a lot to us because we started doing this podcast purely for fun. Exactly. With no expectations. So to hear participants uh, actually write to us saying how we made your day and, and um, thanking us for being so kind about you on, on in the internet, um, that means a lot. So thank you. Indeed. So until next time, uh, you can always keep an eye on our socials. We're at Igto2 on Twitter. Yeah, also Igto. I got that one on Instagram. And our email is igtopodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so uh, we will still be taking, keeping an eye on that. We'll be a bit more active on there uh, in the intervening time. So until next season, thank you very much and it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.